Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Talking About Balls. I am flying the ship solo today. It is just me, just Justin. So if you're not going to like that, you can go ahead and turn it off now. Uh, I'm just kidding. This is going to be a relatively quick episode, quicker than normal. Uh, Kyle's at home. His dog had some surgery this week, so he is there helping with recovery. And uh, I wanted to get this episode in because we want to try to keep up with the weekly picks, the, the breaking down each game every week, etc. So here I am, week five, NFL season, getting, getting ready to kick off. Uh, for the record, it is 7.30 p.m. right now. Uh, I will be doing picks, so just in case, I don't think I'll miss kickoff, but just to be safe, let's give a little tease for picks later. We both went with the Rams, so that's going to start off the Thursday night. We think the Rams are going to beat the Seahawks tonight. Um, I'll just—I wanted to get that one out of the way, just in case there's any discrepancies with when I can post this and when people uh, hear it, to know that we got our picks in on time. No funny business from either side. Let's get into it. So, Week Four, Browns played the Minnesota Vikings. Very unexpected game from what most people thought. I think most people thought that. It was going to be a high-scoring game because both offenses are very good. Both offenses were, at least Minnesota. I'm not, I'm not knocking the Browns or anything, but Minnesota was like a top-five defense, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, the Browns' offense has been kind of puttering along, if you will. They have been stumbling, getting a little worse every week, which is not a good thing. As the season progresses, you want to get better, not worse. And the Browns have unfortunately been getting a little worse. They obviously struggled a little bit early against the Chicago Bears and then managed to pull through in the end. And against Minnesota, it was a it looked like it was going to be a barn burner. We had Minnesota get got the ball, they drove right down the field, scored a touchdown, no questions asked, no problem. Okay? 7 nothing right off the rip. Browns get the ball, Browns drive, Browns get stuffed. I think if I'm not mistaken, I think we got stuffed the first drive. A goal line stance by Minnesota. I could have my timeline wrong, but I, either way, it's not important. I'm not going to break down every snap. But kind of looked like it was going to be a high-scoring game. Offenses were moving, having no issues. And then all of a sudden, uh, the defense has put the clamps on. Well, I take that back. Cleveland's defense put the clamps on. Minnesota's defense just played defense, and Baker Mayfield was inaccurate as fuck. It's not breaking news. There are Browns fans that are taking this this questionable performance at best, and they're saying, you know, it's it's a bad week, he'll bounce back, no problem. But statistically, he's just going right back to what I told you guys he is and has been his entire career. He started the first two weeks off, he was the league leader in completion percentage. Made me look like a complete idiot, because as you guys know, I've been hounding Baker Mayfield's completion percentage or pounding it into your heads, I guess, about how it's near the bottom of the league and it's unacceptable for a number one pick. So first two weeks, league leader, like 80% or whatever. Looked great. Really, again, making me eat some crow. And now we fast forward, we're heading into week five. And over the last two weeks, Baker has actually been 31 out of 32 in completion percentage. Terrible. So he's coming right back to reality. The Minnesota game, he was just inaccurate. He had trouble seeing the field. Uh, some news came out today that people are going to use as the excuse. And this is just like last year. 
and I talked about it last year. I got into many arguments with people about it last year. In the month of November, here in Cleveland, Ohio, we had three straight home games. The weather wasn't great. It was rainy. It was a little windy. Nothing crazy. I mean, it's Cleveland. It's Cleveland weather. Baker was terrible. Everyone blamed that entire month on the weather, and that's why Baker didn't throw touchdowns. That's why Baker looked terrible. That's why we couldn't score because of the weather. Now, Baker looks like shit against Minnesota, whose defense isn't that great. He should not have struggled the way he did against them. He not only struggled, he missed so many wide-open passes. It's unbelievable that if he would have hit, you guys all know which play I'm talking about, the the deep ball to Odell Beckham Jr., Baker underthrew it. I, I, he, I think he had the arm to make the throw. I'm not saying that like he underthrew it because he doesn't have a strong arm. He underthrew it because he threw it in the wrong place. His accuracy was off. Had the Could have had the distance, but his accuracy was off. Walk-in touchdown for Odell Beckham Jr. What a story. What a return. In week two of coming back after a blown ACL less than a year ago. What a story. You can't write this stuff. You know, it's, it's great. Baker fucked it all up. That was my chair. I didn't fart. I would admit it. Um, but Baker fucked it all up. He, he's just inaccurate. I mean, that's just, it's a shame, but that's just who he is. He's not doing anything that I didn't already expect. So it's funny to me to listen to everybody make excuses and I'll get more to that. I didn't, I didn't lose my train of thought. Don't, don't want you to think that, but it's just funny to me that like, I think people are, people are running out of excuses at this point. I think I would hope because there's not many left to pick from the excuse. Now after his poor game against Minnesota, is he has a partially torn left shoulder, labrum, whatever. Um, So that's the story that came out today. For those of you that know, Baker hurt his shoulder week two against Houston. He threw an interception, went to make a tackle, stuck his arm out, looked like his arm got popped out of the socket, whatever. He went back into the uh, locker room area, got it popped back into place, didn't miss a snap, okay? Two weeks later, he hasn't missed a practice, nothing. After his really bad game, after fans are questioning why he's underperforming the last few weeks, why he's regressing, uh, fans, some fans, not me, I'm not, I'm not even this dumb, are saying Case Keenum should start. They're, they're you know, a lot, of, a lot of craziness happening here in Cleveland because of Baker's performance lately. And... The story breaks today that he has a partially torn labrum and all of a sudden in his left shoulder, non-throwing shoulder, and all of a sudden people are like, oh, well, that explains it. That's completely why he hasn't been good. Now, my issue with that is two days ago, I think it was, I think it was Monday, Kevin Stefanski, or not Monday, I'm sorry, Tuesday, Kevin Stefanski had a press conference. Maybe it was Wednesday, I don't remember. Um, He... He said that Baker's injury from week two has not affected him one bit. And he and they were like, well, how do you know? And he's like, based off what I see in practice, it hasn't affected him one bit. So the head coach is saying that your shoulder isn't an issue. Then the next day, they release that it's a torn labrum to make everyone go, oh, well, shit. So A, I think this is, here's my theory, conspiracy uh, conspiracy theory time, ladies and gentlemen. We don't do this often, but here's here's what I'm thinking. Hear me out. I'm thinking that 
the Browns know that if Baker underperforms on Sunday, let's say we we're getting blown out at halftime. We'll say twenty-eight nothing halftime. We're losing to the Chargers. Maybe they bench Baker. Now this torn labrum excuse makes them everyone go. Well, they're just being smart. They're letting him rest. They don't want him to get hurt. Rather than oh shit, Baker got benched because he's playing like shit. So to me, it's an excuse. It's the scapegoat. It's to not hurt feelings. To be, to be, you know, nice about it. Ease Baker onto the bench. I don't think it would be a permanent thing, but I do think that if he does play like shit on Sunday, there is a chance that he gets benched. And especially because of that news that came out today about the torn shoulder, that he got his MRI right after the game against the Texans. So we'll say he was in and out of the MRI machine by 6 p.m. I'm being generous. 6 p.m. Sunday, September 18th. Okay? Now, we're in October. It's been weeks since Baker hurt his shoulder. All of a sudden... Or my date's wrong. I don't even know. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I forgot the Chicago game. Yeah, I'm right. Fuck you. So now we fast forward to today. It's been two weeks, almost three full weeks since the shoulder issue. Now they say he has a torn labrum. Where's our MRI machine from the fucking 1800s? Why did it take almost a month to get MRI results for a professional sports team? Or is it bullshit? I'm calling bullshit again. I think it's the the Browns are either do, working this in multiple ways. They're either doing this as a PR, not PR stunt, but they're doing this as a a way to lessen the negativity on Baker. They don't want fans going crazy, which I also don't really think they care. But again, I think it's just in the grand scheme of things, it's so if he plays poorly on Sunday, they have a they have a better excuse to pull him from the game. That's my thoughts. That's my theory. Uh other than that, yeah, I think it's bullshit. I think the timing's way too convenient. I remember another radio show was talking about this today, too. I remember last year against the Bengals, uh, the Odell injury game. Baker started the game off like 0 for 5 or 0 for 6 or something like that. And he threw an interception, and then all of a sudden they released the news that, oh, Baker's been playing with broken ribs or something like that. Or I forgot when they claimed he got them, but they're all of a sudden like, oh, Baker has broken ribs. So you're like, oh, well, that's why he's playing like shit. He has broken ribs. And then he goes on to go like 22 of 22, and we win the game because he was lights out for that rest of the game. What happened to the broken rib excuse? Because then they never brought broken ribs up again, ever again. So I'm starting to think that the Browns kind of put these things out there. So if they need to bench him, there's an excuse tied to it. And it's a little too convenient that it's happened in consecutive years with this coaching staff, with this front office, etc. Maybe that's their move. We need to, it's like ripping off a Band-Aid. They don't just want to do it. They got to ease it off. So that's what they're doing. They're easing the potential of Baker. And again, I'm not saying a permanent benching. Maybe his shoulder is fucked and he is playing really poorly for whatever reason. Who knows why? And they want him to sit. So I don't know. That's my theory. But again, Browns and Texans, very low scoring game. Uh, The Browns defense looks legit. They are currently ranked number two overall. I mean, Take that for what it's worth because you can look at any specific category and that's going to change the rankings. But I think in overall defense, we are uh, number two. I'm not exactly sure what it is. I think it, I don't know if it's yards and points, but whatever. We're number two. That's all I know. And that's pretty fucking cool. 
This week could be a different story, though. We are going up against the high-powered Los Angeles Charger offense, led by young Mr. Justin Herbert. And they put on a whooping to the previously undefeated Las Vegas Raiders on Monday night. It's time to recap week four. We'll start things off Thursday night last week, a week from today. Bengals, last second field goal, beat the Jags to give the Jags an 0-4 record. The Bengals never led in the entire game until the very end. So, always crazy to see that. They, they led for zero seconds and won the game. Weird, but welcome to sports. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons had a colossal uh, collapse, I guess is the, the term against the Washington football team. Uh, Atlanta just seems to continuously do that. I mean, they were up uh, into, they were up at halftime. I forgot the exact score, but I want to say they were up by like at least a touchdown, maybe 10 points or so, or maybe two scores into the fourth quarter, and they blew it. So the Falcons continue to collapse. Nothing changes. Bills beat the fuck out of Davis Mills and the Houston Texans. They forced five turnovers. I'm sorry, I thought that was a six. And they won 40 to nothing. So, Bills look like a little bit of a threat. I think they took week one a little lightly against Pittsburgh. And they have righted that ship. I picked the Lions to win last week for whatever reason against the Browns. The Bears looked terrible. Matt Nagy still looks like he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing for the most part. But I really thought the Lions were going to come to their own and win this game. They did not. Justin Fields looked good. Matt Nagy actually coached a decent game. He stopped calling the plays on offense. He let somebody else do that, and they won. And now Justin Fields has officially been named the starter for the Chicago Bears moving forward. So congrats to him. The banged-up Panthers get their first loss of the season, handed to them by the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys look legit. Their defense is actually pretty fucking good, especially compared to what it was last year. But just overall, they do look really good. So the Cowboys are a big threat in the NFC. They took down the Panthers, who were without Christian McCaffrey, who were without J.C. Horn, but who now have D.J. Henderson and Stephon Gilmore. Um, They made a couple of trades over the last week. I think they made this trade like Thursday. I don't even know when the fuck this trade was. Um, But whatever. He was... He... The... Stephon Gilmore was listed as a guy that was supposed to get cut on Sunday, or on Tuesday, I'm sorry, before the trade deadline, or whatever, the week. I'm trying to read something, and it's fucking me up. I can't talk. He was about to be cut before the 4 p.m. deadline on Tuesday of player transactions and whatnot. He would have been a free agent, and instead they were able to find a trade with Carolina. So Carolina loses one corner in J.C. Horn, and they bring two in, one of them being former defensive player of the year, Stephon Gilmore. A lot of a lot of Browns fans, I'm sure, were interested in him before the season started, but never happened. I was talking to my friend the other day when the news broke, and he was adamant that the Browns should trade for Stephon Gilmore, and I told him, don't really see the fit. Um, don't see it. We now have a pretty good team. We, I said DJ Henderson. It was CJ. That's what I was trying to look up. I knew I got the fucking name wrong. Uh, anyway... But yeah, so they were looking to add add some corner help in the offseason, and they did that. They signed Troy Hill to play the slot. They drafted Greg Newsom. They have a healthy, greedy Williams. I think they're okay. They had really no need for Stephon Gilmore, so I tried to convince people not to really worry about that. 
Another surprise cut from a team involved in this game. Jalen Smith cut from the Cowboys. Injury prone, can't cover for shit. Really just hasn't been that good in the NFL. And the rumor is that he had an injury clause in his contract that if he got hurt, the Cowboys owed him the full amount. Because he gets hurt all the time, the Cowboys said, how about you avoid that or else we're going to cut you? He said no, and they said, okay, we're going to cut you. So they cut him. He has already found a new home, though. He has signed with the Green Bay Packers, so we'll see what happens there. 38-6, the Cowboys, or 36-28, I read ahead, the Cowboys beat the Panthers. Colts and the Dolphins, I again, I picked the Dolphins here because the Dolphins showed a lot of heart, and they must have blown their load against the Raiders the week before because they lost 27-17, Colts win that one on the road. Browns 14, Vikings 7, already talked about that one. Giants get their first win of the season, a surprise win in overtime against the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Daniel Jones has surprisingly looked not terrible. Has he been good? Have I? Do I have any interest in him playing for my team? No, but he's actually looked kind of good. The Saints, again, the Jekyll and Hyde. They're really good, then they're bad. Then they're good, then they're bad. So if you're picking at home this week, I would probably pick the New Orleans Saints. And this is not gambling advice. The New York shit Jets get their first win of the season. The Titans are banged up as fuck. They had no Julio Jones, no A.J. Brown. They still managed to score 24, but it wasn't enough. In overtime, the Jets win with a last-second field goal, 27-24. Chiefs beat the shit out of the Eagles. The Eagles look terrible. They have no identity. Uh, They're just a bad team, but they can score some points, so I'll give them that. But 42-30, I don't know if that's more of a testament to the Chiefs' shitty defense or the Eagles' offense can move a little bit, but overall, they suck. So 42-30, Chiefs beat the Eagles. Surprise week, or surprise game of the week, in my opinion, staying undefeated. The Arizona Cardinals went into L.A. and beat the shit out of them, 37-20. to Really isn't even as close as the score sounds. Seattle goes to San Francisco and wins. Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt. It might be the Trey Lance era, ready to begin. We'll see what happens there. But Seattle wins 28-21 in a pretty boring game. Nothing really, nothing really special. Again, chair, not a fart, I would tell you. Ravens go into the Mile High City, town, whatever the fuck it's called, and they beat the Broncos 23-7. Teddy Bridgewater suffers a concussion, comes out of the game. Drew Locke goes in and stands no chance. I didn't see what all happened, but apparently there was some story of the Ravens have like consecutive 100-yard rushing games. So at the end of the game, even though they could have taken a knee, they ran it to get a couple extra yards to get 100. And people are not happy about that. That's very against old-school football rules, uh, unwritten rules that you just you take your win and you move on. Like, gentlemen, they did no such thing. So I like it because as a guy that already hates the Ravens, I like to know that there's more people out there that now hate them. <clears throat> and the more the merrier. Packers beat the shit out of the Steelers. Also a game that's not as close as the score indicates. 27-17 was never close. Buccaneers, speaking of close games, going to Foxborough with Tampa Bay. Tom Brady's first time back home. Same with Gronk. Gronk didn't play. But a rainy, cold, shit night in Foxborough, Massachusetts. I assume every night is like that there. That just looks like a city anywhere near Boston. I just assume it's cold, it's everything's wet. It's just uncomfortable. 
I just imagine that's how it is year-round in Boston and the general area around it. But Buccaneers win with a last-second field goal, 19-17, really, really close. Tom Brady, I don't know if it was the nerves of being back in New England, if it was the weather, if it was a little bit of everything, but did not look like his MVP self, and they win a nail-biter. Mac Jones was extremely efficient. I think he set an NFL record for like 20 straight completions for a rookie. That's like a new record. And everything's just dink and dunks though. So I'm not impressed with him. Really doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that's ever going to win anything big. Again, just accurate little dink and dunks. That's only going to get you so far in this day and age. So personally, not impressed with Mac Jones, but you guys all knew that going into the draft. And to top it off, I already talked about it. The Chargers beat the shit out of the Raiders 28 to 14 at home. Weird, weird dynamic. And I'll get into that when I preview the Browns and Chargers, but a weird dynamic for that one because there were a lot of Raiders fans. It was a Chargers home game, but I think the Raiders fans were even louder. So the problem is with the Chargers is they don't really have a lot of fans. They don't have a strong fan base. So there's a chance Browns go in there on Sunday and you hear the Browns fans more than you hear the Chargers fans. Or maybe even you see the more Browns fans than Chargers fans. Very possible. I don't know. We'll find out on Sunday. But we'll talk about that later. Major League Baseball, the playoffs have started. On Tuesday night, the Boston Celtics beat the New York Yankees. I think it was 6-2 was the final. Never really a close game. Boston went up early. Yankees never had a chance. Arguably one of the greatest calls of, of sports history was, I don't know his fucking name. I, I just thought of it. I didn't have this prepared, so I don't have the clip. I don't know his name. Don't give a fuck, if I'm being honest. All I know is it led to Yankee misery. And I love that. So I think it was Giancarlo Stanton, Giancarlo, however the fuck you say his name, Giancarlo Stanton, or it was Aaron Judge. One of the two, don't remember. One of them crushed a ball. By the way of the camera, looks like it's going to, you know, it's out of Fenway and it's going to land in the water. Like it was fucking tattooed by the camera angle. The guy's yelling and he's like, this one's way out of here. It's long gone, whatever. And all of a sudden, he's just like, wait, why is he at first base? What what happened? It hit off the wall. And it, if you know uh, the Green Monster, you could crush a ball off that thing, but you could still barely get to first base because it's so close. So he's yelling. There's a home run. He's excited. He's fired up. It's gone. No question about it. And the ball never left the yard. So just the thought of Yankees fans around the world getting so excited and having their hearts ripped out for that half a second just makes me really happy. And again, they lost. And I look at it too as Boston, I don't think really is a legitimate threat to win the World Series. The Yankees with that offense and that bullpen could be. And I hate them. I hate them both. But knowing Boston's a lesser team, I'm happy they won that one game play-in. So Boston advances. They will be taking on the Tampa Bay Rays in you know, 10, 15 minutes, that game's going to have the first pitch. The other game last night was Los Angeles Dodgers hosting the St. Louis Cardinals. The Cardinals, as you know, as we talked about, ended the season with one of the longest winning streaks in baseball history. They were hot, get into the the wild card game. The Dodgers, one-to-one game, bottom of the ninth, walk-off, fucking two-run home run. What's funny about it is this happened around probably, I don't even know, excuse me, maybe 1230 at night last night. And I was laying there and it's the bottom of the ninth. And I'm like, 
man, I think if, if this game doesn't go, or if this game doesn't end right now, I'm going to sleep because I was tired as fuck. So it's the bottom of the ninth. Chris Taylor's up, two outs. They do, well, before Chris Taylor goes up to bat, they do a pitching change. And I'm like, fuck, another commercial. Like, I'm literally falling asleep. I'm so tired. And they come back, two strikes. I'm thinking, shit, this is it. They're going to go to X trainings. This game's going to go till like two in the morning. And I'm an idiot. And I'm going to force, I'm going to stay up and watch it. But I'm dying. I'm like, I have to force myself to turn this off if this game ends, or the inning ends right here. Sure, shit, Chris Taylor. It's like he heard me and answered my prayers. Two-run walk-off home run. Dodgers win 3-1. to one. They advance to face their division rival. They go to San Francisco. That'll be really cool. Those teams were two of the best teams in baseball all year, and they get to face off in the first round of the playoffs. It's funny because it's in San Francisco. San Francisco was the one seed in the NL, and the Dodgers are the favorites. So just goes to show you how talented the Dodgers are. Max Scherzer gave up one earned run, first inning, one run, and he still only made it four innings. He's still like it's crazy that one run he got pulled after four, and that's all they ever gave up. So that Dodgers bullpen is fucking amazing. It's dynamic. I look forward to the playoffs starting. Game one between the Astros and the uh, White Sox, I'm guessing is over. I actually didn't um, check the final score for that. Sorry, I was reading. Yeah, 6-1 to one ended up being the final. Had to look it up. <clears throat> so 6-1, to one, Astros win at home over the White Sox. I expect the Astros to win that series pretty easily. They're the better team. I know that from being an Indians fan and seeing the White Sox a lot this year. The White Sox, aren't. they weren't really able to put it all together. And Tony LaRusso is a fucking dinosaur. So as long as he's there in Chicago, I don't really think they stand a chance. He's not up to modern times with baseball, and he's a fucking idiot, as we all know. And then the other game, the other series in the National League, I'm sorry, are the Milwaukee Brewers hosting the Atlanta Braves. Those games get underway tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken. So we'll talk about those then. Very excited though, playoff baseball. There's nothing like it. While one sport is coming to a close, another sport is at the beginning. The National Basketball Association had their first preseason games of the year this week. The Cavaliers played in two of them. One they looked god-fucking-awful. The other one they looked not bad for a team playing against a bunch of backups. That's me being nice. The Cavs looked terrible. The Cavs played the Bulls on Tuesday night. Uh, All the starters played. A bunch of starters for the Bulls played a little bit. You saw Lonzo Ball. You saw... Uh, Zach Levine, you saw, uh, I think, who they get, DeMar DeRozan, I think, is on their team now. Uh, so they had a lot of good, they had a lot of their starters play, but obviously it's the preseason, so you're not going to play these veterans, you know, the whole game. <clears throat> Nor did they need to. I think, actually, I think it was Monday night that game was on, or maybe it was Tuesday night, and I was, yeah, it was Tuesday night, <clears throat> excuse me, and I was watching it during the American League wildcard game. I'm flipping back and forth. In the second quarter, the Cavs were down by like five. They were hitting some shots. They were playing a little defense. I'm like, okay, this actually might turn into kind of a fun back and forth game to watch. The Bulls aren't that good of a team, nor are the Cavs. So again, my first thought is just this could be a fun game to watch. So I'll keep an eye on it. I go back to watching the ba- the baseball game. I forget the Cavs were playing. So halftime comes and goes. The second half starts. I miss a few minutes. I turn it on. I think there's about 
five to seven minutes left in the third quarter. Cavs are down by 40. 4-0 in the third quarter. They were already blown out, dead, lifeless, miserable, and it was barely past halftime. Usually teams can kind of keep up with each other for a little bit. Especially a quote-unquote up-and-coming team with all this young talent. And you're taking on a newly Frankensteined Bulls team. And I say that because they do have a lot of new pieces. They now have Alex Crusoe. They have Lonzo Ball. They have DeMar DeRozan. They have a lot of new people. Again, they're all good players for the most part for what they are. But they're all playing together for the first time. Here's a Cavs team with Jared Allen, Darius Garland, Isaac Okoro, Colin Sexton, new newly acquired. You do have some new guys. You do have Evan Mobley, your rookie. You do have Ricky Rubio coming off the bench. But for the most part, a lot of those guys played together. And they played together a lot. Most of last season. And they were managed, they managed to go down by 40 points halfway through the third quarter against a Bulls team that a lot of people think will be at the bottom of the league with the Cavs fighting for like a low seed. I don't mean like I, I could very well see the Bulls be a playoff team, but it would be a low seed right there with the Cavs. So pathetic, pathetic performance. Then they took on the Atlanta Braves last right Atlanta Braves, the Atlanta Hawks last night, who I, uh, I didn't watch the beginning, but I'm willing to bet Trey Young did not play. Most of their bigger name players did not play. Uh, Cavs won. It was a close one. Came down to the, the end. Some some clutch free throws. Sealed the game. I think it was a th- after all was said and done, it was a three-point game. But uh, just, I don't know, the Cavs haven't looked good so far. I know it's preseason, so don't get, don't read too much into it. But it's still alarming that they just, nothing's changed from last year. They still look like a, they look like a young inexperienced team that doesn't really know how to play together and you know not a good not a good look for old JB Bickerstaff here as we get this deep into his tenure obviously the season is just starting but uh his tenure you know it's getting it's getting a little late to keep continuing to suck and to continue this whole like fucking trust the process bullshit like the Sixers. We don't have those kind of talented players. Joel Embiid, they trusted the process in Philadelphia. They got Ben Simmons. They got Markel Fultz, who's no longer with them, but they traded him for some decent players. They have, obviously, Joel Embiid, who's an MVP candidate. Um, Cavs have nobody like that. We don't even have an all-star on our team, for fuck's sake, let alone an MVP candidate and a team that was... Uh, not a favorite, but they were definitely a contender to go to the finals last year for the for the East. So the Cavs need to work on some shit. Kobe Altman, as you guys all know, as I talk about on here, he uh, he's got to get his shit figured out. I am not a fan. I don't like what he's done for the team so far, and it should show. Just look at the score. If any of you have a TV and you can check, or the internet, and you can check Cavs scores and how they're playing, they look like shit. So Kobe Altman obviously hasn't constructed some super team of any any stretch staying in the NBA there was a story that came out today I wanted to talk about really quick I didn't really read it a ton to be honest but uh the reason I bring it up is because it it involves many ex-cavaliers so former NBA players charged in four million dollar health care fraud scheme again 
Excuse me, there it is. I knew I had to burp. <sighs> I'm yawning. I'm sorry. But again, I didn't read the whole thing. So it just says that they were they pocketed about two and a half million dollars illegally by defrauding the league's health and welfare benefit plan in a scam that authorities say involved claiming fictitious medical and dental expenses. So let me find the list of names here. I'm sure it'll it'll pop up. I don't know. That's that's annoying. All right, well, it doesn't just have a straight-up list, but I know for a fact uh, Terrence Williams, not an ex-Cavalier, but but Terrence Williams, ex-Cavalier Jamario Moon, Darius Miles, Shannon Brown, uh, not a Cavalier, but Big Baby Davis. I'm just going to start naming people. Uh, Tony Allen. Uh, where are we at? Sebastian Telfair. He was one of them. Melvin Eli. Reuben Patterson. I'm not going to name the whole list, but you're getting the... You get the gist. A lot of ex-Cavaliers, a lot of players that weren't really great. They were mostly role players, didn't really have the career they probably hoped for. So maybe the money thing makes sense. Some of them, it is a little questionable, but whatever. I thought that was kind of funny. So they're defrauding the NBA uh, ex-player you know, health insurance shit. So again, 18 players charged. I'm curious as what's going to happen. Is it going to be jail time? Uh, is it going to be... Some slap on the wrist fines. Like, what are we looking at? And how does this work for their future? Are they now banned from the NBA uh, health insurance for life? Something that they were probably relying on for their families. And now they're it's gone? I'm curious. You know? Because playing playing sports, a lot of these guys, their injury... Their, their, I'm sorry. Spoiler alert. Their careers ended a little early because of injury. So, to now... you Maybe you have an injury that... that is a little nagging and it never went away and you constantly need work on it or, or checked on whatever. And you can't get it because you're now off the health insurance. You have to go get a job or you have to pay for your health insurance or something like that. I don't know. Curious to see how this plays out, but just thought it was funny. A little sad. I'm a big fan of D miles. So as soon as I heard that his name was involved, I was like, shit. And then again, a couple other ex calves like Jamario moon who didn't matter. Shannon Brown who never mattered. Uh, Sebastian Telfair, I think was here for a cup of coffee at one point when we were really, really bad. I think not even positive. That's how bad that Cavs era was. I'm trying to forget it. I don't even remember, remember half the people that were on the fucking teams, but I know for a fact, Mario Moon was here and I know for a fact we drafted Shannon Brown and he sucked. All right. Now, now we get to the fun, fun, fun. It's time for picks. What I'm going to do, since we're not splitting picks here, I'm going to do every pick but the Browns, and then I will end it with the Browns. I don't know if I did that before, but that's what I'm going to do. So if you're here to get my two cents on upcoming Browns game, you're going to have to wait till the end of all the picks. I'm going to give you the picks for both of us, and I'm going to give you a quick synopsis on why I made that pick, at least. I can't speak on behalf of Kyle. Some of our picks differ. I think, yeah, we have a couple, maybe one. Um, so, whoops, forgot to write, write one in there. Yeah, I think we have one or two differences, so we'll, we'll I'll talk about those when we get to them. But again, first game, we both picked the Rams. Rams look like a really good team. I think they just had an off day. Kyler Murray is playing like the MVP of the league, as much as I don't like him. Uh, 
I just don't, I've never been a fan of like the mobile quarterback. I just think that it's, it's, it's kind of annoying for the game. And I think it's also proven that it doesn't usually lead to big results. The results you're looking for, it's cute. It's fun to watch on Sunday. It's, it's fun to have that quarterback that runs around all over and gets the MVP because he can run and throw. But then you go to the playoffs, teams scheme against that, they shut that down, and when you have to be a one-dimensional player, those guys aren't suited to do that. They're not pocket passers. So if you shut down their running ability, and I'm speaking on behalf of Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray, then they're done. There's nothing they can do. Now you have a guy like Russell Wilson who can run around because he is very athletic, but he also has a great arm. So there are differences. And I mean, obviously that's why Russell Wilson's been to two Super Bowls and, and has won one because there are ways around it. But again, Kyler Murray, I think is kind of like a Lamar Jackson regular season flash in the pan kind of guy. I don't think what he does is sustain sustainable. And especially of Murray's small stature. I know I'm breaking down the Cardinals here during a Ram Seahawks game, but that's because I get off track a lot. But anyway, so Kyler Murray with a small stature, I could see him getting banged up pretty easily. And that's what ended up costing them the playoffs last year. If you guys remember, <clears throat> I know the Cardinals are 4-0 right now, but last year they got down to the last game of the season and it was the Rams against the Cardinals. Winner wins the division, goes to the playoffs or gets a wild card spot, whatever the fuck it was. I don't remember. Both teams, both starting quarterbacks were hurt. I don't even rem remember who the starting quarterbacks were for each team, but they were two guys that I truly don't remember. The Rams ended up sneaking away with the W and getting the, the playoff spot. But again, if Kyler, Kyler Murray was healthy, there's a good chance they probably would have won that game and went to the playoffs in his second year in the NFL. Instead, they had to spend a lot of money in the offseason. They had to revamp the offensive line. They had to add A.J. Green. And I think in the regular season, that's something that the Rams aren't going to really prepare for. And that's what happened on Sunday. That was my long-winded way of getting to this ending here. And the Rams, I think, bounce back on a short week and beat the Seahawks. Seahawks are officially going to be without Chris Carson. And I think that's a big loss for them. Obviously, their passing game is really good, but it is going up against a really stout Rams defense. And I think without the threat of an actual running game for the Seahawks, making them kind of one-dimensional, uh, I think that's going to spell very well for the Los Angeles, almost called them St. Louis Rams. So that's both of our picks. Next up, we have London. London, mate. 9.30 a.m. Jets take on the Atlanta Falcons. I'm not going to lie to you. I have the Atlanta Falcons picked, but I'm not going to be surprised if the Jets win. Let me tell you why. Falcons aren't a very good team. As we know, there's no home field advantage because it's in London. The Jets aren't a very good team, and there's no home field advantage because they're in London. Same things. Just announced today, Calvin Ridley will not play on Sunday for personal reasons. Calvin Ridley is their best offensive player. Calvin Ridley leads, leads the league in targets, if I'm not mistaken. He gets the ball thrown to him more than anybody. With a, If you put a gun to my head, I couldn't even tell you who their backup wide receiver is. Not even backup. Their number two wide receiver. Truly don't know off the top of my head. I know they've been using the fuck out of Cordero Patterson. And I drafted Kyle Pitts in one of my fantasy leagues. And I know that he has done next to nothing. Hopefully that changes. Because we're both going to go with the Falcons again. But Matty Ice needs to be MVP Matty Ice and get the tight end involved in Cordero Patterson. I hope they use a shitload because I'm starting him in fantasy. So hopefully that happens. We'll see. 
I did not last week, and it bit me in the dick. So I'm not here to talk fantasy, but I'm not happy about that decision by me. But with that being said, with Calvin Ridley being out, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I kind of want to go with the Jets, but I'm going to stick with my gut. I'm going to go Falcons. We'll see what happens. Again, if the Jets win, I'm going to be fucking pissed because I really am second-guessing myself on that one. That's the one that I had to write down before I started talking because I hadn't even filled it out yet. On my weekly pickums, I already submitted the Falcons, but I really am second-guessing it. One o'clock game in the States. We have Packers at Cincinnati. The Bengals are 3-1. and one. The Packers are 3-1. and one. I think the Packers have just kind of figured it out. I think the Bengals barely beat the Jags last week. The Bengals have snuck they've lucked out. They've lucked out with a couple of wins. And I'm going to go with the Packers. Pretty easy pick here, if I'm being honest. I think Kyle. Yeah, Kyle has the same thing. Green Bay for both of us. Next up, another sweep in the NFC North. We have the Denver. I'm sorry, I was looking at the wrong game. The Detroit Lions in Minnesota. Minnesota, again, coming off a very rough game against the Browns where the offense couldn't move. Uh, Detroit, however, I'm I'm done picking them. Till they prove that they can win, I'm done picking them. They looked like shit last week. They're going to be without their starting first-round pick, Panay Sewell, or however you say his fucking name, the Samoan. They're without him. Uh, one of the coaches said, like, if you ask me right now, I think we're, we're preparing to be without Panay Sewell. Or Penny Sewell, however you fucking say it. So I'm, I don't know. I'm just expecting the the Vikings to kind of get back on track, even though they're only one and three. I do think they're going to continue progressing a little bit here, and the Lions just remain the Lions. So we both took Minnesota. Next up, Denver goes into Pittsburgh. Now this one seems like on paper you're going, well, no shit, pick Denver. Denver has a pretty good defense. They are three and one, and now they're facing the Steelers. The reason I'm taking Pittsburgh is because Teddy Bridgewater just got back to practice today. So when we filled out all these papers and make our picks, at the time, I assumed Teddy Bridgewater wasn't playing. Banged up Teddy Bridgewater means Drew Locke plays. Drew Locke against the Pittsburgh defense, no chance. Now, again, just came out today, Teddy Bridgewater practiced. I'm still not comfortable picking them. I don't know why. I think it's one of those things of like, because I'm a Browns fan, it's, it's, I, I, my body and my mind won't accept that the Steelers are probably dead, you know? Hang on, I dropped my pen. But I think, I think I just can't get used to the thought of the, the Steelers being a bottom feeder of the NFL, so I can't pick against them. I'm like still waiting for them to just dominate and play like a playoff team. But it might not happen. It's really weird. I like I can't accept their demise. So I really want to go with Denver in this game, to be honest, especially if Teddy Bridgewater is playing. However, I'm just not ready to to put the extra nails in that Pittsburgh Steeler coffin. We'll see. We'll see. We both win Pittsburgh. I don't know. Again, this is one just like the Jets and the Falcons that if the Broncos win, I'm going to be mad at myself for not making that pick because I think right now I... I have strong indications that they'll win. Here's an easy one. Miami Dolphins don't travel too far. They go to Tampa Bay and they take on the Buccaneers. Easy Buccaneers are going to dominate Dolphins, even with Tua. Tua is not a very good quarterback. Without Tua, the Dolphins just are a mess. 
They're one and three. Things are not looking good down there. I know I talk up Brian Flores a lot, but I do think he's in a shit situation because of them drafting Tua. Again, they drafted Justin Herbert. I think the Miami Dolphins are a playoff team last year. They were almost a playoff team with Tua and Fitzpatrick. So imagine what they could have been with a better quarterback. And then this year, I think they really could have gone to the next step with a better quarterback. Instead, they regressed. They looked terrible. I think people are going to be getting fired soon. Uh, and if the Buccaneers beat the shit out of them, there's a very good chance it happens this week. So we'll see. Interesting matchup. Two non-next game, I'm sorry, interesting matchup. Two non-real threatening teams, but they've played so well on different weeks. It's weird. One week they look great, one week they look like shit, vice versa, etc., etc. New Orleans Saints go to Washington. As it stands right here, I have Washington, as does Kyle. I don't know why, but I'm making a switch. New Orleans is my pick. Kyle's going with Washington. Again, this is very stupid. This is like going at the roulette table and seeing it went it went red, black, red, black. And you go, well, that means it's got to go red here then because it went red, black, red, black. So the next one must be red. That's what I'm getting at because the Saints were really good. Then they were really bad. Then they were kind of good. Then they were kind of bad. I'm going with they're going to be pretty good on Sunday. And they're going to beat the Washington football team. Washington is struggling right now. I have Antonio Gibson on my fantasy team, one of them. So I know that he's been banged up. He practiced limited in a limited fashion today. Tyler Heineke is only going to get you as far as he can get you. He's not a great quarterback. Their defense has been playing like shit. For some reason, I just think the New Orleans defense is really going to confuse Tyler Heineke. They're going to make his day kind of long and miserable. And for whatever reason, Jameis is going to have that week where he he turns it on. I think Kamara has a big game. And I'm going Saints. Kyle's going Washington. So that's our pick there. Next up, we have the Eagles taking on the Panthers. I'll start with Kyle's pick. Kyle has the Carolina Panthers winning this one. Me, I don't know why. It's really just a weird gut feeling. I have the Eagles winning. Again, the Eagles showed they can keep up with teams. They they played really well against the Chiefs last week. Again, the Chiefs' defense is terrible. The, the Panthers' defense is really good. However, the Panthers' offense, aside from Sam Darnold lately, doesn't do much. Christian McCaffrey is looking to just hopefully play on Sunday, but to what extent, nobody knows. I don't think he's 100%. So for whatever reason, I'm probably an idiot. I went with Philadelphia. We'll see what happens. Next up, Titans. Division game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jacksonville Jaguars are a fun team again. They're 0-4. They almost won on Thursday against Cincinnati. After the game, beloved Urban Meyer decides to not travel with the team. He decided to stay in Southern Ohio. He went to Columbus. He went to Urban Meyer's chop house or whatever the fuck. He owns some bar. I forgot what it's called. Draft house or whatever. Urban Meyer's draft house, I think is what it's called. He decided to stay in Columbus instead of going down to Jacksonville with his team that just lost. He said, fuck it. And he was caught on video dancing with a woman. Well, I take that back. The, the video showed the woman dancing on him. And then later, she's at the bar ordering a drink. And Urban is checking her oil. That's right. The old oil change. He 
clearly in the video, luckily she had jeans on, he basically had his fingers up her butthole. That's called checking her oil. Um, it's an old, old saying, I believe it was made up in the uh, Prohibition era. They used to say it. I'm not positive. Please feel free to Google it and learn amongst yourself. But yeah, so Urban Meyer was caught out there, you know, touching women, being a party animal the day after his team just lost. And, or it might have even been that same night. I'm not sure if that was taken Thursday night or if it was Friday. I think it leaked Friday, but you never know when it could have happened. Uh, But he was caught. He had to come out and, and apologize. They made it a huge thing. It's a bad look. It's funny. Funny as fuck. As a non-Jaguars fan, it's hilarious. But there are legitimate rumblings now that Urban Meyer is in extreme danger of being fired. And at 0-4, at skipping going home with your team, and then being caught checking oil in the middle of a crowded bar while your wife's at home babysitting your grandchildren, not a good look. Not a look the Jaguars are really hoping for right now. So not good for Urban. With that being said, I think that they continue their losing ways, and the Titans win. Kyle and I are both on the same page with that one. <clears throat> Patriots look to bounce back against the Texans. Patriots are one and three. Texans are one and three. But as long as Davis Mills, as long as Davis Mills is the starting quarterback of Houston, that one will remain intact, and only the losses will change numerically. Patriots win this one. We both have that. Bears and Raiders. Raiders look to bounce back after a big loss. Bears look to continue momentum with winning and naming Justin Fields starter, but losing David Montgomery for like four weeks or whatever to injury I think is going to really hurt them, and their offense will be very stale because of it. And I still hate Matt Nagy. So with that being said, we both picked the Raiders. Next up. NFC East matchup. New York Giants, who are playing kind of okay against the Dallas Cowboys, who are playing very okay. Easy for me to pick the Dallas Cowboys. I think it was just as easy for Kyle. Uh, The Giants looked like they had a little bit of life in them last week in their win against New Orleans, but at the same time, I think the Cowboys are a legitimate threat for representing the NFC in the Super Bowl. So a little bit of a tougher opponent than New Orleans. That's why we both went with Dallas. Banged up 49ers go into Arizona, who are the only undefeated team remaining. The Niners are going to be starting Trey Lance for the very first time. Can he keep up with Kyler Murray in his NFL debut? I think not. We both picked Arizona to remain undefeated. Next up, Sunday Night Football, a fucking dandy. We have a potential AFC uh, AFC Championship matchup. Why do I say potentially? Because it already happened last year. Buffalo against Kansas City. Bills are 3-1. and one, Chiefs are 2-2. Two and two. Chiefs look like... They are having some issues. They did just activate Josh Gordon to the 53-man roster, which is exciting. And they've just looked so off this year. The offense can clearly score. No problem. Their defense, however, is garbage. Bill's defense is not garbage. They're the best defense in football. Do I think Patrick Mahomes will still have a pretty good game? Yes. But do I think the Bill's defense will stop them enough? and score plenty more on that shitty Kansas City defense? Yes, I do. I went with Buffalo. Kyle went with Kansas City. Uh, We'll see what happens. Should be a really good game, though. I'm very excited for that Sunday Night Football matchup. Kudos to them for putting that one out. 
I don't think I have anybody fantasy related in this game on Monday night, so I probably won't even watch it because it'll more than likely be over by halftime. Baltimore Ravens hosting the Indianapolis Colts. Colts got their first win of the season against the banged-up Dolphins team last week. Don't think that success continues, especially on the road. In Baltimore, Monday night, give us both the Ravens. Should be a pretty easy pick there, I think. That brings me to our last game of the week. Browns at Los Angeles Chargers. Going to be a doozy of a day. It's not looking good for Jedrick Wills playing. You have the news of Baker Mayfield's torn labrum. You have a Chargers defense that's playing very, very well. And you have a Browns offense that is really struggling through the air. I think they're going to have a pretty good game plan lined up against the Browns uh, defensively. Um, to the point where their main concern is going to be to shut down the run game because they're not going to be too worried about um, Baker Mayfield. A, with this banged up shoulder, I don't think he is a running threat. I think that's pretty obvious. He's going to really try to keep that thing safe. And I think that limits his abilities, what he can do. Baker is only good if he can play action and bootleg and roll out. Don't think that's going to be in the cards on Sunday against a very good defensive line with an injured offensive line. With an injured quarterback. I think it's going to be a long day on Sunday. I don't really have any keys to victory here. Really the keys to victory, I'll give you one. And that's Baker Mayfield needs to play like he did the second half of last year. The argument I got in with people, more than anything, as we inched towards the playoffs last year, I got into a lot of arguments with people who defended that stretch. After the Bengals game, that Odell got hurt. They all say Baker was a whole new quarterback because the offense just clicked. That's because of the... Kevin Stefanski's game plans and everything, everything clicked. It's not looking like it now. We're four games in, and it's definitely not looking like it's clicking anymore. So curious to see what the problem is. Maybe things turn around and the Browns shock the fucking world, but I think consensus, Browns fans are nervous, not very confident. Kyle and I both took the Chargers. Personally, I think it's going to be kind of a long day. Greg Newsom is out for a second week in a row. Our defense has played really, really well and like fucking great, to be honest. But I think eventually the the cream rises to the to the top, and I think that their offense is just really good. You have Eckler, you have Keenan Allen, you have Mike Williams, you obviously have Justin Herbert. I think they have Jared Cook at tight end. They have just a very, very talented offensive team. And Justin Herbert is twice the quarterback Kirk Cousins is. He is currently, for sure, Twice the quarterback Justin Fields and Davis Mills are as rookies. So, give me the Chargers. Give Kyle the Chargers. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it. Uh, I told you I was going to keep it short. Apparently, I didn't. But there's a lot to talk about. So, next week, it'll probably be the both of us. And we'll talk to you then. Enjoy your week of sports. We'll talk to you later.